With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Myron Metcalf here. That sounds like some old school blues, man. That sounds like something you hear at one of my family reunions down south, man. Yeah. Where they got that cooler full of the, they call it the hooch, (laughs) that moonshine. Do not, I repeat, if it's after 10 o'clock at a black family reunion and they got that cooler out, just let the men be. Okay. Like, yeah. Don't go over there. That's right. Starting stuff, bringing up old stuff. Like, just let them do their thing and leave them alone. Got it. Because I, they're ready to fight, right? But they're also having a good time. It's just you don't want to send them to the other side by saying something, <laughs> you know, that, 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 you know. Remember that time, you know, I, I got Pam Greer's number. You know, just you don't right, want to start right. some drama. Leads to a fight. Do you consume moonshine? Is it chilled? How do you? I've never had moonshine. The hooch. Well, it's in a cool. I can only speak from my family reunion experience. Okay, it's a big cooler, and everybody has like a special mug. Like you don't like you. You know you're in the club because you have a special mug, right? right. I didn't mean to rhyme that, but I did. But so (laughs) you have your mug and you just kind of scoop it out like ice cream. Oh, so it's like a wop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's like a wop. And you get a, a mug, but you got to have a certain mug, and then it's just kind of that's how you consume it. And I mean, it 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 hits fast. I mean, it it hits fast. I mean, everybody's cool, and then they bring out that cooler. Here comes the clip. Ten o'clock. <laughs> I had an uncle right who all of a sudden, out of the blue, you know, he's just hanging out, and he stands up in the middle of the room, and he looks at my aunt, and he says. Girl, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be, be right. right. Yep. It's just loud, too. And she's so embarrassed. And she's like, oh, sit down. What are you doing? But the hooch had taken over. I mean, it, oh, yeah. The hooch was once, in control. Once that happened, <laughs> once that happened, it was over. The moonshine had gotten to him. And once you hit that point about 10 15, leave them alone. Yeah. Leave them all alone. <laughs> Trust me on that. The Timberwolves are going to win more or less than 44 and a half games. That is what a sports book Westgate just released uh yesterday in terms of their uh odds, their over/unders for didn't the number win, of games. So Didn't they it, win 46? They did. They're 47. 47. So yeah. the over/under according to Westgate in Las Vegas is 44 and a half games, which is interesting to me. So in a couple of segments, I want to talk about why you would take the over on that and why you might take the under. Now, for me, if well, wait, hold on one second though. If that happens, they're not making the playoffs at forty-four well, wins. They, in the they're West. eighth. They're eighth. Oh, they, they are. They would. They're considered the eighth seed uh, behind they the Pelicans. Forty-seven to be the eighth seed last year. Yeah. Wow. So you remember that whole, yeah. you know, from like four through ten in the West was 
three games or something like that? Three through ten. Three through ten. Yeah, because Portland won 48, 49 games. It was very tight, so it's not like there was a big gap. This is interesting to me because, again, if you take the over, for me, you take the over because Carl Towns is going to get better. You know, I, I think you just have to expect a young guy like that to continue to improve, especially if he improves defensively. Jimmy Butler ain't going anywhere, right? I know he made this whole stink about being traded and all. I mean, I don't see that happening, at least coming into the season. Now, now this thing becomes a a disaster. You may have to think about something going into the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. But if Butler's on the roster, you still have a guy who, again, they won 47 games without a healthy Butler. I mean, they didn't have Jimmy Butler healthy for the entire year. Because he missed what? How many games did he miss he last missed, year? About, uh, he played 59 games. Yeah, so I mean, oh, you oh, know, you're talking about, about a five games. fourth of the season, sure. you know, more he missed. Yeah. So if he's healthy, that to me is a different dynamic this year in a team that won 47 games. The X factor is Andrew Wiggins, who I don't want to say he can't get worse because I'm not on the, you know, anti Andrew Wiggins thing, but. I, I guess you I do a show with Corzo. Well, I, I should, right? I, I guess I assume that he's going to make the improvements, even if they're minimal, that will make him uh, uh, even a more successful contributor to this team. So, I, for me personally, I'm taking the overall day because I see a team that won 47 games, gets a healthy Butler back, gets a better Carl Towns, gets a, what I think is an improved Andrew Wiggins. Like, what am I missing? 44 and a half seems really low to me for a team that lost to Jamal Crawford, you know? What am I missing? And Belly. Yeah. Lost belly. Yeah. True. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you got you got the the nucleus is Townsend Butler, right? Plus you'd like to think that the guys that they drafted are gonna I'm telling help. you, Kata Bates Diop, I'm telling you, yeah. was I a agree. projected first round pick. I agree. Going into the draft, I think his age hurt him more than anything. Yeah, I, they I think, always they are they the the teams are so scared of guys yeah. that played all four years of college now. They want it's, that guy who's 19, 18. Yeah, that's why Draymond Green fell to the second round. Hundred percent. He was because he was Draymond was Big Ten Player of the Year, wasn't he? Draymond was Big year? Ten Player of the Year. I mean, he was All American, yeah. everything. He was ridiculous, but he was old. And I think Kata Bates Diop, that's what hurt him too. But he's going to be a solid player. Josh Okoji, uh, I think, can be a good player for them. But a team taking a step back, if these young players continue to improve, I don't see it. I mean, I guess I would assume that this is a, a team that has a better chance of being a top three or four seed in a, in a Western Conference that, again, is Houston adds mellow, but they lose a lot defensively without Trevor Ariza, uh, without uh, Luke Bamute, who was a great defender for them, had yeah. shoulder problems, and they got rid of him. But now you bring in Mello, you're not going to be a better defensive team. And Houston was a top-10 defensive team. Golden State will be Golden State. But then from there, to me, it's a toss-up. You trust these Lakers? You know, with, with LeBron James and the it's Little LeBron. Rascals? It's LeBron and the Little Rascals. I mean, who, who, who are these guys that are going to make Cleveland them a top three played seeds? in the finals last year. Well, exa- he's that good. He is that yeah. good, but now he's in the West. The, you know what I mean? It's yeah. a different the Lakers, yeah, right. The Lakers are a playoff team, but I, I'm i not. I mean, I, I see some people already putting them as like a three or a four seed. Well, I, yeah, I, that's no, a little, that's everybody a needs to chill out. Yeah, everybody needs to chill out on that. I don't think it's going to be But what about San Antonio? Well, they made the playoffs without there's Kawhi no, Leonard, and they got yeah. DeRozan. They got DeRozan. That's going to be an interesting sorry. thing, I think, You know, depending on what happens. Because you're right, they have the experience of not playing with Kawhi. I just don't get the Lakers' hype 
And I think LeBron is going to a completely different animal, a completely different monster in the Western Conference. It, He's it was have like, to play Golden State four times. Yeah, man. It was like me yeah. in high school. It was like us in high school. When we played the city schools in football, whoop the city schools. We were big and tough, and we would run through the city schools. When we played those farm boys up in Green Bay, Don't mess. and they ran that eye-back formation, <laughs> and they just ran the same play 97 times, and we had cleat marks on our chests, and we walking, <laughs> everybody's limping back to the bus. That was a different league, okay? We, we beat all those city schools, but right. we went up to Green Bay. Them farm boys had three plays, and they ran through us. That's what I think LeBron run James right, is running. Run left, Listen, run up the middle. This team had a 230-pound fullback in high school. One of them dudes with, like, one name, Butch. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like, he was born to play football. And they ran they ran uh, dive left, dive right, you know, 34, uh, 33, 87 times. And we could not stop it. And I think that's what it's going to be like for LeBron James in the Western Conference. Because you got the Pelicans are great. Anthony Davis. You know, you have an interesting Oklahoma City Thunder team, I think. Who, I by think the way, got City. better. Don't they got think? better. I think Oklahoma City got better by, by they got subtraction. Better. <laughs> they got better addition by subtraction yeah. by getting rid of Melo. Yeah. And, and they're going to get healthy. I can't think of the, not, the guy they had who wasn't healthy in the playoffs who's going to oh, come Andre, back and help. Andre Roberson. Andre Roberson is going to be a big one help. of the best defensive players oh, in man. the NBA. He's going to be a huge yeah, help. He gets... He gets he gets ripped on or he gets undervalued because he can't hit a shot outside of five feet. But yeah. he is, you watch him play defense, he is ridiculously good as a defender. And Steven Adams is becoming a more versatile player. Yep. Very important player for them. So I think they're better. But to me, the T-Wolves are right in that mix of the teams that could surprise you and be a three or four seed. If it all comes together and they stay healthy, what about Denver? Since they pushed, that's the a great. That's a Denver's, Denver got way better. Yeah, because if Michael Porter Jr. is healthy, he's going to show everyone that he should have been a top three pick. And they figured to have Paul Millsap for an entire Paul season. Millsap they missed him for most of the year too. They got Isaiah Thomas, uh, Will Barton. I think they signed. They, yeah, they signed they another. They re-upped with Will, with, uh, Will, Will Barton. Resign him. So they've got some pieces in Denver that are going to make them a very intriguing team as well. But you can't tell me that t- the Timberwolves when healthy, uh, aren't in that mix. We'll be back after this. Myron Metcalf here on the ride with Royce filling in. Uh, all week I will be here uh, and looking forward to it. Uh, this is fun part of my week. Yeah, for sure. Doing we this. always enjoy when you fill in. Hey, man, I, I really appreciate it. Beats having a real job for a living, doesn't yeah, it? I, you know what? I, <laughs> I'm not... Like I'm not one of those people who complains a lot, and I find myself sometimes complaining about certain things that I realize no one else cares about, like travel stuff. You know, like oh, you know, uh, there's a delayed flight. Like I stopped doing that. I used to be the guy who would tweet, you know, American Airlines. Can you tell me why this flight is three hours? You know, and then I realized how many people just don't care. And they view you as just right. the jerk, right? Who's talking about your first world problems? You should have been here. A f- it was probably a month ago now when uh, when the twins went to Wrigley. Yeah. And uh, the man who normally sits in that chair took the train. Oh my God. From uh, <laughs> from the Twin Cities to Chicago. Wow. He got stuck. Uh, how he was like Pat was like what an hour outside of Chicago. He got stuck. Oh. On the on the train, probably Rockford somewhere or something like that. Probably, wow. yeah. He was going to Wrigley because he was going to do a piece on you know uh, Wrigley Field and everything, the history of it and all that stuff. And, I bet he wasn't happy. Yeah, and so Brian Murphy was was filling in for Pat, and we actually checked in with uh, 
with Pat. We had to get a call. It was it was great. It was great. Radio. I'm sure was he fantastic. was. I'm sure he was upset. I am on a train. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't. I, I I like you see these people too who will tweet and put stuff out there. You know, American Airlines. Hey, why? Yeah, Nobody you're, cares. You're not going to make any right. fans doing. You're stuff not going like to make that. any fans. Yeah. American Airlines and Delta, whoever else, they don't care, right? And for me, when I get like delayed flights, what are you going to do? Like, what what do you, what do you expect? Like, mm-hmm. here's my problem with people who fly uh, for a living, like I do, and others. They think they're flying private, but they don't have private money. So if you don't have <laughs> private flight money, you right. can't make private flight demands. If you got private flight money, you can say, why is this flight delayed? I paid for this to be able to go whenever I want to go. But most people don't have private flight money, but they have a private flight mindset. And that's what bothers me more than anything. You know, uh, I know you have kids. Yeah. Have you flown with your kids? Only once. Okay. Yeah, so, that's the thing. So you're yeah, the that's same. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did no, it once, yeah. too. Yeah. And it ain't happening again no, for it, quite yo, a while. Uh-uh. But Y'all on the bus. The only thing that saved me was... We were coming home from San Diego in February. Okay. So I'm like, okay, we're good. Chill. Everybody's cool. Everybody's cool. We're still in San Diego. Everybody's cool. Granted, we're at the airport. We already dropped off the rental car, so we couldn't go anywhere. But we're we're still in San Diego. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, you can you can smile about that and be cool about that. And and that's what I had to call Manny and say, uh, you're doing the beer show tonight (laughs) because I ain't getting home in time. (laughs) But but like that's the way to approach it, right? Okay, yeah. you know what? When you have travel, and I have travel problems all the time. Big deal. That's the nature of the big beast. Big deal. I've been yeah. stranded at places. I- I've had, you know, I blew a tire on a runway in Denver. We blew a tire. We really? landed, and we blew a bunch of tires. Like, wow. they had to bring, like, the whole bus out to get us. And I've had all kinds of travel situations just because I've been doing this so long. And I look at some of my colleagues who still do the whole you know, I, I can't believe, you know, this happened to my bag or I, I can't believe that. Listen, you don't have private money. Everybody. Yeah. And yeah. you don't have private flight money. You can't make private flight demands. You're not you're not rich enough, basically, to complain about the things you're complaining about. Because guess what? You're just on a bus in the sky. You're on a coach bus in the sky. And part of it that comes with that situation is there's going to be some lost bags. You're going to sit next to somebody who's annoying. You're going to hear a crying baby. Hey, with my salary, I'm on the mega bus. <laughs> listen, <in the> <laughs> man. Listen. Get on that mega bus. Ain't nothing wrong with that. No. I, I saw a guy, um, and I was actually in Atlanta, uh, and I was sitting in front of Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague and I were in the same uh, line or whatever, going through security. Um, and, and there was this guy who came through and saw this massive line in Atlanta, You know, which Atlanta... You can show up at 2.30 in the morning at the airport and there's going to be a line to the door. Right. It's just one of those airports. And he sees the line and he's just upset. He's furious that the line is this long at 6 a.m. or whatever time it was. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, no one cares. What, what do you expect? We're Everybody's trying to go. together. Everybody's yep. trying to get on the flight to go home or to go wherever. Did you expect to show up to the airport and, and, and they were going to put you on a chariot? And they were gonna they were gonna take you to your gate, and then somebody was gonna have rose petals as you walked onto your plane, and then when you sat down, somebody was gonna massage your feet. Like, what did you anticipate this experience was going to be at a general airport that's for everybody? <laughs> well, not to mention an airport, you know, because O'Hare, Atlanta, they're the they're the junction airports. Yes, you know, there's a lot of people that are going through there. 
they're, they're that wasn't either their destination no. or the place they're leaving from. That's no. why they're always a clown show at, those, <laughs> at both of those airports. They are passing through. It's it's the junior college uh, yeah. of, of yeah. airports, right? You're only there for a little bit, but everybody's doing the same thing. But like to be upset by now, let me just say, if you've got a serious event to get to. A funeral, a wedding. I do feel for those people who have situations where there are cancellations yeah. and there are things like that. But if you are just like, I'd rather get home at 10 a.m. versus 10 p.m. And now I got to do the Guess what? Get some private flight money if you want to complain about that. Yeah. If you don't have private flight money, you're taking a risk anytime you fly. Because there's usually going to be a situation that you're going to have to deal with. But just go with it. I was flying back, oddly enough, from Atlanta back in October. And... I went to the I went to the Falcons game yeah. with some friends, and I was initially supposed to fly home Sunday night yeah. after the game. But what happened was my flight got bumped because I had a connecting flight, I think, in Charlotte. And so they said they called me and said, "Hey, here's the deal. You've got two options. We can get you on like three different connecting flights." I'm like, oh yeah. god, that sounds <laughs> like a nightmare. <laughs> or yeah. we'll put you up for the night. And I went, yep, Bingo. option B. You know Bingo. what I'm saying? Like, yep, I'll take that one instead. <laughs> I had to spend the night in a Charlotte airport oh, one year oh. because the airline that I flew, and I'm not going to throw them under the bus here on the, on the air, but uh, there was basically, I, I, I was flying back from uh, Tennessee to get back to Minneapolis, and I had a connecting flight in Charlotte, and I ended up missing my flight because of... Uh, People that were working at the Charlotte airport weren't doing their jobs properly and promptly. And so, and the airline would not put me up in a, That's in a hotel or anything like that. So I ended up having to stay the night, spend the night in the Charlotte airport, which was not fun. And the bar's That's not whack. even open. And the Listen, bar's not even open. Damn, yeah. I, I've done that. I've had it where they did put me up, but it was at like maybe the worst hotel I've ever been to. I was, at, I was in Detroit and it was a whole cancellation situation. They put me up in one of those hotel motels you know where there's just like three dudes named jerome just kind of waiting at the bottom of the steps for no reason you know what i mean and like yeah what what is that what's happening here oh n- nothing brother just hanging uh it's 3 a.m sir why are you just uh hanging? yeah shouldn't everybody be asleep right about now jerome it, it was one of those places right um so I, i've had situations like that i had a situation where i was at the final four i'm walking onto the plane you have that moment where you check your pockets. You know what I mean? You have oh, that. Oh, what'd you forget? My keys aren't with me, fellas. No. My keys aren't right. with me. I'm in line. I call the hotel. Has anyone seen my keys? Room two, whatever. No, sir. I'll call you back if, if something's there. Okay. I'm getting ready to get on the plane. And just maybe it's in my bag. Like maybe I did one of those moves where I packed it in my bag. All of a sudden, Charlotte from the New Orleans, uh, you know, Marriott. Uh, hey, honey. Uh, we, we, don't, we found a pair of keys. And I'm like, oh, my. What do I do? I guess I could have them ship it, but I'm probably better off just going and grabbing it, missing the flight. And then getting another flight. So yeah. I missed the flight. I'm like, what are you going to do? I got to get my keys. I can't land and not have my keys. Right. So I go and do that, come back to the airport. I'm in New Orleans, mind you. Direct flight to Minneapolis about 10 a.m. They're like, you know what? Uh, we can get you back tonight, but we got to reroute you to some, so do some things to reroute you. They sent me to New Jersey. Ooh. And then from New Jersey to Minneapolis. It was like a 12-hour day, you know? It was a crazy, crazy flight. For some reason, the, the situation from uh, Jersey Shore no way. was on a cart. 
I always run into celebrities at the airport, by the way. I saw Stevie Wonder a couple months ago here. He didn't see you. He did. Oh, my, well, I don't know. He was looking at that camera a certain way. You don't know. Uh, but I always see celebrities. Uh, but yeah, New Jersey, New Orleans, New Jersey, back to Minneapolis. And you know what I said during the whole thing? I'm like, you know what? Why am I going to get mad? What, what is that going to do? Right. Guess what? It was a it was a boneheaded move. I forgot my keys accidentally. I got to get them. So when I get home, I have them. I'm going to miss the flight. You know, as someone who's missed multiple flights, as someone who has been in all kinds of travel situations, trust me, if you get involved in them, the worst thing you can do is panic. Mm-hmm. The, the second worst thing you can do is get upset with someone in customer service who's trying to reroute a thousand people That's right. who have you your same and not complaint. And exactly. they're not directly responsible for the situation. Exactly. That we'll be back after this. Myron Metcalf filling in for the ride. We will go straight to my main man, Johnny, for the sports update. Thanks, Myron. This update sponsored by Shell. Get triple action protection for optimal engine performance with Shell V-Power Nitro plus premium gasoline. Twins on the road to kick off a four-game series against the division-leading Indians tonight. Kyle Gibson against Trevor Bauer. Uh, your Twins lineup, Maurer, Rosario, Polanco, Morrison, Miguel Sano, Kepler, Forsyth. Jake Cave and Bobby Wilson. Former Twins news, the Phillies announced Trevor Plouffe's been outrighted to AAA after clearing waivers. Plouffe was designated for assignment uh, to create roster room for newly acquired Southpaw Aaron Loop. After signing a minor league contract with the Phils in April, Plouffe hit the 25-man roster and appeared in seven games for the team, only 12 at-bats. The highlight of the brief stint, of course, Plouffe's three-run walk-off homer to end a 16-inning marathon game against the Dodgers. On July. Twins should have claimed him. Oh, Why not? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to claim anybody else. Why not bring Plouffe back? St. Paul Saints playing. Johnny Field, by the way, sounds like a made-up baseball name. That's, that's a, a great baseball name. Yeah. Like that's name. a great baseball yeah. name. I feel like you should be spitting 45. Hey, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Field here. <laughs> St. Paul Saints playing in Sioux Falls tonight. Saints are two games out of first in the American Association's North Division. The Canaries are in the last place, uh, in last place in the same division. It's been kind of a struggle. Have you noticed that, guys? Having a little issue. Yeah, it's Monday. From Vikings camp, our buddy Ben Gessling reporting there's some problems on the offensive line. No Nick Easton today. Mike Remmers, Tavares King, Rock Thomas, or Chad Beebe. Uh, Pat Elfline, who remains on the pup list, continues rehab following ankle and shoulder surgeries. Uh, also, he says Nick Easton's been out with neck and back issues. So Danny Isidore and Tom Compton worked at the guard spots again today with Cornelius Edison, the first team center. As Randy Moss entered the Pro Football Hall of Fame Saturday night, he made a social statement without really saying any words. I don't know if you noticed, but he wore a tie with 13 names on it. They were the names of African Americans killed by police in situations that are questionable or still under investigation. He said on the NFL Network, you ask me about my tie, we all know what's going on. You see the names on my tie. Being able to use a big platform like the Hall of Fame, what I wanted to be able to express with my tie is to let those families know that they're not alone. That was a great effort by him, by the way, and it was it was classy, and it was the anti Ray Lewis speech. Yeah, I didn't, know. I did not know he did yeah. that. Yeah, interesting. He didn't make a big deal about it. No. He just did it, and that was that. And it then wasn't a, and it wasn't then a show asked about it. Yeah, right. It wasn't a show. Yep. Uh, weird story involving the Patriots after more than two months. Spygate Part Two. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not football related. Oh. Uh, Jared uh, Mayo, the linebacker from New England, uh, he's been looking for his dog for the last two months, and it's come to a tragic end. 
On Sunday, uh, Knox, who is Mayo's five-year-old English bulldog, was found dead in the home of Mayo's trainer in Cranston, Rhode Island, according to the Rhode Island Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Knox had been missing, Knox is the dog, since June 28th. Amelia Ferrara, whose home Knox's body was recovered from, is being charged with one count of obstruction for concealing evidence relevant to the investigation. In a statement, the RISPCA said Ferreira knew of Knox's deceased body for several weeks and purposely hid it at, uh, from authorities. What is his, his trainer? His trainer, yes. It's a woman? Yes. There's got to well, be I, another... I'm thinking perhaps it's uh, the, a dog trainer. Uh, when I re- first read yeah. the story, I like a doggy that, gym, like with barbells and no. stuff. <laughs> oh, like like he handed the dog off to this woman to train so he could be trained. Right. That's that's what I, I'm guessing. Oh. And then she said, "Oh, he's missing." Well, what happened was Mayo left Knox there May 24th, and when he returned to pick up Knox a few weeks later, Ferrara alleged she didn't know the dog's whereabouts. Initially, she told Cranston police she had lost the dog while walking another dog. She later changed that story, saying she last saw the dog at her home in a crate, but he escaped while she was gone. So, hmm. obviously, something happened to the dog, mm-hmm. and she didn't want to tell the but, linebacker. Oh, um, man. Why would she keep the... Okay. That was a, you're right. That was a weird story. It's a very story. bizarre... Yeah. 13 North Carolina football players, including quarterback Chaz Surratt, have been suspended for at least one game this season after they were caught selling school-issued special edition Nike Jordan shoes. That's a secondary NCAA violation. UNC self-reported the violation back in January. (laughs) Because they have standards at North Carolina. You can get the shoes, you just can't sell them. (laughs) Good, clean operation you got going on out there, Coach Fedora. (laughs) Among those suspended four games uh, were Surratt, starting defensive end Malik Carney, offensive lineman Brian Anderson, wide receiver Bo Corrales, defensive end Timon Fox, defensive end Tyrone Hopper, offensive lineman Quirin Johnson, linebacker Malik Robinson, and offensive lineman Jordan Tucker. Defensive backs, Greg Ross and Trey Shaw will miss two games. And backup quarterback Jack Davidson and offensive lineman Jonah Melton will miss one. Since multiple players shared the same position, the NCAA approved a request to stagger certain suspensions. Uh, Larry Fedora wouldn't say whether uh, Surratt or Nathan Elliott had an edge in the competition going into preseason camp at quarterback. But with Surratt forced to miss the first four games, it should be Elliott's job when the season opens at Cal don't, on September 1st. Don't worry, boys. All you got to do is, if, if you're at North Carolina, just follow the Rashad McCants way of doing things. Just go on outside the lines, look into the camera and say, I didn't write any papers. And then you, you'll you get off scot-free. Don't worry about it. That's all you got to do. Class? What's that? And Ohio State releasing a statement last night announcing the formation of an independent working group to conduct their investigation into Urban Meyer. The group expected to complete their investigation within 14 days. The university placed Meyer on administrative leave last week after that report surfaced that he had knowledge of a former assistant, Zach Smith, abusing his ex-wife. The allegations of domestic violence against Smith date back to 2009. Smith, Ohio State's former wide receivers coach and recruiting coordinator, was fired in July after reports surfaced that an order of protection had been filed against him by his ex-wife. Wow. Interesting group of stories. We'll be back after this. Metcalf here on the ride with Royce filling in all week. Um, they're both 25. Uh, Miguel Sano, Jake Cave. Uh, I think Bucks is going to be 25 later this year, but he's 24 right now. But Sano and Jake Cave are both 25 years old. And I know Sano just got recalled. 
played what eight games I think since he's been back. Uh, Cave has done a lot of great fill-in work without Buxton. Who are you more excited about at 25 years of age at this point? I think before the season, there obviously would be no doubt. You know, you would think at this point, Sano would be that this would be even a dumb conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everything that's you know developed so far with Sano, I think it's a legit conversation and one where if you're the twins and you're trying to figure out what sort of timeline you're you're willing to work with when it comes to Buxton. Cave, to me, has to be one of the most exciting young guys on this roster considering what we're seeing from him. And I think he is displaying a consistency that who could have predicted this when they got him from the Yankees before the season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been very impressed with a guy who I think deserves more love. I know he got the Grand Slam yesterday against the Royals and the sweep, and everyone's you know all excited about that. But even before that, this was a guy who was put in a difficult position, I think, and was following a guy who is a savant at that position, who plays that position as well as anybody in the game, at least in the field, and he's handling himself very well. And it, that, well, that, and that's you know we we kind of touched on it in the three o'clock hour with Joe, but. For me, I know a lot of Twins fans are angry right now, and I completely get it because it's been, I mean, you had the one season last year, but there is so much, as, as again I said, there was so much needed depth in this organization from, from the ground floor, from, from rookie ball to single A through double A. Yeah. That's why I'm okay with them taking a flyer on a few guys to just see what you got. And again, yeah. I know they're not going to make the postseason this year, but there's still a lot of things to look for. Can Eddie Rosario keep playing at an all-star caliber um, level? You've got pieces that you can build a club with yeah. going forward. Barrios, yep. who was outstanding on Saturday night. Yep. And I, I don't know. I, I get why fans are frustrated, but you weren't going anywhere with the pieces you sold off anyway. Yeah. I Except think. Manny's mad because they traded Escobar, which is his guy. Yes. Which I, I get. love my guy, Eddie but, Escobar. Yeah. But, you, but you got something for him, yeah. is I well, guess my point. And I think the... One, another positive thing to look at is that they have really gotten out from underneath bad contracts. Like, they don't really have any yeah. bad contracts right now that are, I mean, you outside know, of the first baseman. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, you know, but, you know, Joe is, Leave Joe, alone. Joe, Joe know, is done after, you know, the contract at least is done after this year, but they're not locked into a three, four, five year contract right. looking forward where you're like, this guy has given us nothing. Like they, they, they've they've gotten rid of that stuff that that's not going to you know hamper them from from going out and making some some moves, even if it's not big and major moves. So, so am I asking a dumb question? Um, yes. Is it a dumb question? It might be. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, it, it well, what's be my your question? question? What's your question? Well, about the twenty five year old who you're more excited about? Oh, I see. Um, I don't think it's the problem is because of the hype surrounding. The two in Buxton and Sano was so massive. Yes, that's what has has now led to the disappointment, and rightfully Which so. Which is fair. And Cave was just a waiver claim, essentially, True. that they just picked up and. He's produced when yeah. asked. So there is no expectation with him, yeah. which is probably why it makes makes it a little bit more fun. And granted, he's a good outfielder. You know, he's That's a guy I mean. that you can. He's pretty good. He's a guy that you can win with that you're not paying any money to. And he's he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah, he's hitting. He can hit a little bit. Listen, I just think this is a team that is going to have to have a very serious conversation this offseason about 
the expectations for Buxton and when you might be willing to pull the trigger. And that may sound crazy because what? He's going to be 25. And and, and there are a lot of people who are going to say, are you kidding me? Look at all the great players who at 27, 28, 29 finally uh, uh, fulfilled some of the hype. I get all that. But for a team that's trying to rebuild, if we go into 2019 and we're dealing with the same problems, whether it's injuries or a lack of production at the plate, he still has a lot of value because of what he can do defensively, Byron Buxton. I think if you're the Twins going into 2019, you've got to think about how long you're going to be able to get value in return for a guy who is still trying to figure out so many elements of his game. The fans that are mad about the lack of production from Buxton and Sano, it's the very reason why this organization had to make the decision it did to now rebuild yeah. the next wave in the yeah. farm system. That's but, the very you cannot a team that is a mid market team and don't give me the cheap poll ads crap. I hate that argument and you will you will get nowhere with yeah. me. To for for a mid market team like the Twins, you fundamentally have to have a pipeline of talent. Mm-hmm. You just simply have to Look at what the Oakland bleeping A's are doing. Oh, it's right huge! Now. That is the way that you win the Astros in baseball. A couple years ago, I mean, yeah, that I, is yeah. the way you the win Royals. in baseball. Yeah. You have to develop your own talent. Some people, the, the 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 argument of go get an ace. Okay, yeah, yeah, they're out. They're just lying <laughs> on the yeah. street and out there. And teams are just Make lining up to just trade you their Make, aces yeah. for for nothing. And you think the Chicago Cubs have buyer's remorse right now for you, Darvish? Oh man, it. it <laughs> you, you you want to be a big market team, I think. And I grew up in Milwaukee. You are envious when you grow up in a small market of, of the ability of a team like a Chicago right. or a New York or a Angels Dodgers to say, hey, I want that guy. Uh, and money's no, no problem. And because they're such an attractive market, they're automatically in that conversation. You do have to build from the ground up if you're the Twins or a team like that. My thing is Byron Buxton is at the top of that list of how you're going yep. to build from the ground up, and he's failed. Yep. And I get it. He's 24, and I get it. He's been injured, and I understand the promise, and I understand that he still has time to figure it out. But if you're going to be mad at anybody, to me, that's where I would direct my anger because Byron Buxton has yet to show anyone that he's going to be the player that we expected him to be. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about rebuilding, when you talk about the future, that guy is number one. It's not Sano. So when, I mean, are people both upset at Sano and Buxton? Sure. They're furious at Sano. They're disappointed in Buxton. They are furious at Sano because Sano is a guy who showed all this talent and promise and and then took an off season and said, look, dude, I'm, I'm the greatest thing in the world. I don't have to, I don't have to pretend like I'm still a major league baseball player and he gave up so much of it with his laziness. I understand that. But doesn't Buxton deserve some of this too? When you look at a guy who came in with his tools and his gifts and he ain't even playing baseball in the majors right now. And that's what I think the lack of production is what will anger some people. I'm still in the camp that isn't going to, I'm not ready to give up on Buxton yet. But what should start to concern people, myself included, is the injury history. Now, yeah. I mean, he can't stay healthy, and that's a big, that's big huge. problem. And it doesn't it doesn't allow him to. I mean, he had that great second half, you know, post All Star break production last year, where he was absolutely like one of the best players on the team overall, just with how he was hitting, and we know how good he is defensively. But if you just keep getting hurt, it doesn't 
it it doesn't it prevents you from growing and as a player because you're constantly having to rehab and recover from injuries. And it's the, the type of injury too, because he's yeah. so limited at the plate right now with the constant wrist and hand injuries. That's oh, going to make a lot. That's going to. I mean that. that, that he can't hit when he's healthy. Yeah. Well, and that's well, that's my thing. That's yeah. my thing, fellas. Is the cloud of this thing is the injuries, which that's a real thing. If you push through that, though, you're going to see a guy who still isn't delivering the right. way that we expected him to, yep. even when he's healthy. We'll wrap it up after this. Myron Metcalf with the ride here, filling in all week for Royce. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing this Indi- uh, Cleveland game. Uh, I know the the Twins obviously are don't really have much of a mission, but hey, I, I, I'm interested in it. But I'm more interested in this. Uh, there's a woman in Great Britain and England, apparently, UK-based Amethyst Realm, 30, a spiritual guidance counselor, claims to have had several encounters with 20 different ghostly lovers during the past 11 years. However, huh. she recently met a special figure during a trip to Australia and a ghost who may turn out to be her one true love. This woman, and this is a real thing, claims to be in a relationship with a ghost. And apparently she says, and I quote, she wants to have a child with him. All I'm saying is everybody goes home and they're like, I got this problem. I got that problem. I got this wacky friend to deal with my parents, my kids. You ain't dating a ghost. No, (laughs) you don't have a friend who's claiming who's coming over to your house talking about the ghost that they're dating. So if you're, you know, online dating or whatever, you meet this, this, this woman and you say, oh, I just got out of a really tough relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Broke up with a ghost. Yeah. Uh, We had a long term thing. That's boy, you run. You, you run, (laughs) but somebody can't run back. But see, somebody can't run. Like, somebody's her friend. Somebody is, like, talking to her about this. Somebody's her sibling. She says, one day I was walking through the bush, enjoying nature. I suddenly felt this incredible energy. Huh. I knew a new... I bet. <laughs> yeah. I bet. I knew... It happens. I knew... I knew... <laughs> Ooh, we got my to giggle. Nice. I knew, I knew a new lover had arrived. Ooh. What? <laughs> That will look crazy, man. When you're walking through the listen, bush. Listen, listen. I know people got problems, yep. and everybody's got them, and, and you know, whatever. You may have certain situations. You're not dating a ghost. I don't even know where to begin with that, but there's a person. What if I get home today, that she, and the wife says, honey, <laughs> it's been a good run. Ain't no ghost. Actually, an average you. run with you, but listen, I, I met this ghost. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That yeah, ain't no ghost. To follow each other online. <laughs> If you hear that, that is not a ghost. Man. But it's not to me that she's like saying it. Now, this has been going on apparently for like 10 years where she, like she's prefers ghosts. Has she met the ghost she's, family? She's posting on Instagram with the what hashtag, with with the hashtag GCW, Dude. Ghost Crush Dude. Wednesday. Oh, yeah. What is wrong with people, man? Where do we start? What is wrong with people? <laughs> Listen, go home today and appreciate what you have. Oh, my God. Appreciate your family, your friends. All those things because you don't have a friend who's calling you up talking to you talking to you about their ghost lover. Did you hear about Susie? <laughs> She's dating a bleeping ghost. What happened to him? He just disappeared. I don't know. <laughs> he Man. just fades in and out of the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing, people? I don't even understand. Thank you again. I'll be on all week. I won't just talk about ghosts and travel woes. I promise. I'll talk some sports tomorrow.